0: Hey, podcast listeners, Ethan Millard and Alex Curie here from the Nightside Project Podcast here at KSL Podcast. Get into Zen Headlines with us on the Nightside Project. Use hashtag Zen Headlines on social media to share stories that make you think, make you smile, spread love, spread joy, all those things. We'll share them on the Nightside Project Podcast, one of the most popular podcasts ever. Nightside is a KSL podcast. Subscribe for free anywhere you listen to podcasts.
1: Talk to us at Cordell and Cordell. Contact CordellCordell.com. 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404.
0: This is Innovation and Leadership, where we interview Navy SEALs, venture capitalists, pro-athletes, best-selling authors, Hollywood filmmakers, really as many different kinds of high achievers as we can get to come on the show. Today's episode is going to be from our mini-series that we created with Corporate Alliance, asking top CEOs and executives and entrepreneurs who have had very large exits, specifically about their thoughts on leadership and people. Also, I want to talk to you about one of our show's sponsors. I met these guys back on episode six. CEO Zach Smith was telling me all about starting a skateboard company and how much he hated doing the bookkeeping uh, for a skateboard shop and how he really uh, got led to start this business, Bookly, that's a hybrid combining bookkeeping software and human services. And I'll tell you why I let him become a sponsor. It's because I use their service now. I don't love paying 50 bucks an hour for bookkeepers to do stuff that I know software could do way, way cheaper. But uh, I don't love bookkeeping at all. So I want a real live human who knows what they're talking about to help me with the stuff I don't understand. Uh, Probably the straw that broke the camel's back for me, though. The thing that put me over the top was that they could do my taxes and payroll also. Um, So totally suggest checking them out. Go to their website, bookly.co, and check out their flat rates. I've been super happy with them. So now on to today's episode. Um, but Brandon, when we were leaving off at the end of part one, we were talking about this idea of being a trusted advisor and, and um, how it's more than just being an expert. Um, can you talk about a few of the people that, that kind of inspire you, you look up to in that way?
1: You bet. You know, my path... In business really started at age 13. I remember my father uh, was given a book by my mom um, on Father's Day and the book was called Iacocca. And it was the autobiography of a gentleman named Lee Iacocca who was really the icon of the American automotive industry in the 70s and 80s and I, uh, I pulled that book off the shelf that uh, Father's Day weekend and I could not put it down. I actually read it cover to cover, and it changed my life. It opened my eyes to the world around me, and the way Lee Iacocca presented kind of his views on business, life, politics—you name it—it it really brought a sense of color and dynamism. I think to to really what what really propels the world around us, and it opened my eyes to business in a way that uh, that that really I think inspired me moving forward. I've been very, very fortunate in my life and career to have great mentors. Uh, one mentor in particular, when I was uh, a young broker trying to forge my way in the business and and you know create a leading position in the market, you know put his arm around me and took me aside one day. I was 21, and he said, "You know, one of the problems you have, Brandon, Brandon is uh, you look too young." You know, I, I had a, a very kind of youthful, boyish appearance at the time, and he said, "You know, it, 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 you know, it's something that you need to work on, uh, compensating for." And it, it's funny; this is going to sound humorous, but uh, he he uh, he advised me to get glasses, even though I had perfect vision at the time. He says they don't have to be prescription glasses, of course, but you know, you need uh, the appropriate you know eyewear that uh, that will help. Uh, uh, help you present yourself more professionally, and he says, and 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 go throw away all of those flashy, trendy suits that you've been wearing. You need to go back to the basics, and uh, and you know, and he also advised me against. Uh, I was driving a little flashy red Acura sports car at the at the time, sports sedan, and he advised me to go with something a little bit more conservative. Um, and you know, I it, it was a pivotal pivotal time i could either uh, bristle at that and and say you know forget you i mean who are you to tell me what i should be doing different i'm doing just fine and succeeding on my own uh, or really humbling myself and taking that constructive criticism and then, and that advice and then applying it it was some of the best advice i've ever been given and it truly changed my life i you know within a week i implemented the changes that he suggested. And it, it's funny. It's sad but true. Perception is reality. And, you know, when you're a service provider, when you're in the professional services business, uh, you know, people are making judgments based on, you know, first impressions and the way they perceive you. And I learned a very valuable lesson virtually overnight as I made some of those adjustments that my my early mentor, um, you know, asked me to, to make in order for us to work together and for me to, to really take it to the next level, it truly did change the dynamic of how, um, executives and business leaders, uh, related to me. And frankly, you, I think I acted the part a little bit better. I mean, there's something, you know, culturally about the, the office dynamic that you create as a, as an organization that, uh, that exudes either a level of professionalism or betrays it. You know, one thing we do differently is, you know, our offices by design look like law firms. We're very private office centric. Our, our professionals are in private offices. They're not in a sea of cubicles. We don't run a sweatshop. This is not a traditional sales-oriented sales organization with a big trading floor. I mean, we take our role as trusted advisors and dealing with highly proprietary, sensitive information and leveraging that information in order to help, you know, our clients, you know, outperform the market and, and to protect their interests. We take that very seriously, and I think you see that reflected in our culture. Um, I learned that from some of the early business leaders uh and entrepreneurs that I had the, the privilege of working with and watching them and learning from their example. Um, you know, it, it takes an element of risk-taking and fearlessness in order to be an entrepreneur. And I have to say, you know, the greatest tribute I can give on a podcast or something like this is is really um, recognizing the risk-takers, the people that are willing to push the envelope and and... And really create whole new industries, or or really, you know, I think um, go against conventional wisdom. You know, you look at a lot of the the up and coming companies that are that are truly changing our world, and you know, they're led by visionary leaders that were risk takers that uh, that didn't listen to the naysayers. I mean, Lee Iacocca, going back to that book, I mean, he had a lot of critics. I mean, he was fired from the CEO position at Ford Motor Company and uh, ended up having a falling out with the Ford family. I mean, it's, it's an epic story. And he, he rose from the ashes like a phoenix in order to turn around Chrysler Corporation and really, I think, uh, uh, propel the automotive industry to the next level. And hearing his story and reading that as a young man truly had such a uh, profound impact on me and, and inspired me. Uh, by the time I was 15, 16 years old, I had my own subscriptions to the Wall Street Journal and Business Week, and I loved reading the stories of kind of the who's who, the people that were literally changing our world. And it wasn't enough to know, okay, Steve Jobs is the CEO and founder of Apple, or Ray Norda at the time was the the chairman of Novell Corporation, um, or Lee Iacocca was the head of Chrysler. It was Learning what drove those individuals, uh, what what was in their DNA that made them special and, and really distinguished them from everyone else in the crowd.
0: You know, you think about that kind of pattern recognition, you know, so that we can put in the meaningful repetitions to build our own leadership habits or networking habits or any kind of those kind of things that help people achieve things that are uncommon, Right. And um, it's not just hard work, right? It's hard work on the right things. Um, th- so going back to this story about this mentor who, who gave you this advice, it was an opportunity for you to bristle. What do you think it is about him or, or what patterns about the way he was doing this? Do you think, you know, helped you not feel blamed and helped you become open to information that maybe wouldn't naturally have been as welcome?
1: Well, I I love people who lead by example. And that's one thing about him. I mean, I I he, it was it it was easy to take his guidance and direction because he he uh he walked the talk. He he wasn't all talk, he actually lived it. I think, you know, success in business is 90% about showing up every day. It's persistence and you you know what separates the the business leaders the entrepreneurs who have really made a difference from those who who haven't who've ended up being mediocre and not having an impact is is really just that it's being persistent and showing up on a day to day basis. I mean what we do you know in the commercial real estate realm is not rocket science I mean we're selling market intelligence we're helping to guide and direct people and make good decisions and to help them you know, navigate their commercial real estate strategy and their facilities planning or investment strategy. And uh, a lot of it really comes down to being persistent and following up and doing what you say you are going to do. It's, it's following up on your commitments and doing it with a level of integrity and professionalism that, that really distinguishes you from everyone else in the crowd.
0: You know that makes me think a ton about um my mentor who eventually became my partner when we started that private equity fund and um he had set such a good example for me you know you talk about persistence or going that extra mile right he was completely willing to drive five hours to a meeting that was a maybe and 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 back home the same night so he could be back working the next day and it's just like it's not really that tough it's just almost nobody's willing to inconvenience themselves that much or like The professional thing you know he he will show up to meetings 15 minutes early to make sure he doesn't waste somebody else's time because of traffic or something on you know (laughs) unforeseen and um it's interesting how we're you know we live in a society where being that busy is a badge of honor but uh but most of us aren't willing to think about how busy someone else is above ourselves and, and make a sacrifice like showing up 15 minutes early right
1: Absolutely. You know, I, you know, I, I think of two of the greatest examples of my life. Number one is my father. My dad um, is my greatest example, not only in business but in life. And he was not in the commercial real estate business. In fact, I think my my mom and dad thought I was crazy and didn't really consider it a real job going into com- commission sales uh, from a young age. But, uh, I mean, my father was in the utility construction business and grew a, a big super regional um, construction company that focused on fiber optics and natural gas installation. But my dad, the one thing I loved about my dad is he was always 110% honest, and he was transparent and authentic. That's one thing that I, I look for in people is authenticity. I, 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 I try to gravitate toward those people that are genuine, are straightforward and the one thing that I love about my father is he's always been the same man no matter what stage of life he's been in no matter you know how poor how wealthy uh, he has remained constant he's been my north star and uh and he's always been authentic and treated everyone um by really kind of applying the golden rule in his day-to-day life another example is a is a developer client that I was fortunate to come into contact with at age 18. His name was Jim Morse. By the way, my father's name is Dan Fugel, and I owe everything to him uh, as his eldest son and his example. But uh, the other client is Jim Morse. Uh, he's a developer here in the Utah area and entrepreneur. And the one thing about Jim is Jim treated everyone like they were Bill Gates. Literally every meeting that I attended with Jim Morse as a young man i i watched how he treated people with absolute respect and treated them like they were literally the focus of all of his world and attention when he met with them and it it had such an impact on me i mean i for years i was waiting for that kind of scooby doo villain mask to come off that i was like no one can be this nice this personable this genuine and uh, and warm um, just every hour of the day and truly interested in the people that he is meeting with. But he, yeah, to this day, I mean, it's been 26 years later and he is still that same man. He has been unchanged through cycles, through losses, through success. He, uh, he continues to treat everyone like they are Bill Gates walking in the door. And, uh, I have a lot of, uh, a lot of respect for that. I've tried to to always remember that uh, in in my approach to business. I think we often um, in business, you know, you have to you have to prioritize. It's tough, you know. You know, aside from information, the most powerful commodity out there is time, and uh, and I think oftentimes we as executives, as business leaders, uh, sometimes probably don't. Um, you know, don't take the time to focus on the individual as much as we should, and and give that importance um, and and benefit of the doubt to people. I mean, thank goodness, uh, you know, and looking back on my life, that I I I didn't. Uh, you know, in Corporate Alliance, people, you know, Jeff Rust, who's the CEO of Corporate Alliance, talks about relationship arrogance, and that business leaders are often guilty of uh, relationship arrogance where they. They actually try to uh, assign a dollar value or potential uh, financial yield to a potential relationship instead of looking at every opportunity as as being equally important and not being discriminatory. Um, and I look at the incredible companies I have had the privilege of working with and representing that have come out of the garage, that have started with just one or two or four guys and uh, and treating that that assignment or that relationship with with the same importance you'd treat a company with thousands of employees, with a multi-billion dollar market cap, I think is important. And I think that is something that is lost in today's business world that, uh, that needs to be, I think, uh, uh, championed.
0: Well, I mean, for me, certainly I, I think of some of my mentors um – guy named terry warner that's written some incredible books and and different people that have changed my life uh who i've had the chance to later meet and see that they actually walk the walk right and um that kind of self-forgetfulness about this isn't all about me this isn't all about what they can do for me and like just really being present with people it it's you're right it's not as common but it's incredibly magnetic you know shifting gears here a little bit um you know, I've been in commission sales earlier in my career, right? And, and it can be, in my experience on some of the teams that I have, it can kind of be a, "I got mine type of environment very easily. When you think about the principles that have been the most helpful to you, expanding to 30 offices and hundreds of staff of, you know, quite frankly, people who could have temptations for self-focus because it's my commission. What advice would you have for other people that want to go from being a good regional player to being a, you know, a real national player?
1: Well, I kind of touched on it earlier. I think being willing to work in partnership with others in order to create more exponentially is going to be key. Um, I think you know those agents, those professionals that try to hoard everything, whether it be you know money or fame or clientele, um, end up really operating from that scarcity point of view that I think undermines one's ability to really create and. A, an enduring and powerful impact on on the environment. It's uh, and and people can sense that people, other executives, you know, other business leaders can sense when someone is is again just trying to get in front of a commission or a sale, or uh, you know, just trying to 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 really create a financial event by virtue of the relationship. You know, I I think not having that sense of desperation, you know it really does help the psychodynamic because you can sense it in the air. My father always used to say, you know, there are two things he used to tell me um, when we would visit early in my career. One was he said, always operate like you have a full tank of gas. You know, Even though you may be running on fumes and just barely coasting into that gas station or into that next meeting, you know, always walk in as if you're operating on a full tank of gas you know, with quiet confidence, not arrogance, not overconfidence, but a, a quiet confidence that would exude that, uh, that not only that attitude, but that feeling that people would want to, to gravitate toward and be part of. And the other thing he always used to say is, you know, don't let anyone see the holes on the bottom of your shoes. Even though your shoes may have holes in the soles, you know, always keep the top polished and, uh, you know, never betray your, your professionalism even if you are starving and uh, living uh... from sale to sale at times which is you know which is a key part of growth in, in business but uh... but i think putting that relationship first and 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 acting the part and not not carrying that sense of desperation or focus on some financial expectation is going to be key to some someone's success on every level
0: That's solid advice. Um, Thinking about, again, this expansion and people who would like to have go from however many staff they have to hundreds more, right? And growing an organization. Um, When you think about what that takes, um, what kind of lessons do you feel like you would have learned, wish you could have learned earlier? I mean, everybody who's grown anything has made all these mistakes, right? And it's like you were talking about that persistence to like, pick ourselves back up instead of curl up in the corner right but um anything that you can say like man i tell you one thing i wish i would have learned a little earlier well
1: i'll tell you i find myself in the fetal position more times than i care to admit and uh you know oftentimes these days you know with with added responsibility and added risk that comes with that you know i've created a whole file that i could name be careful what you wish for for you may get it and uh you know, with growth, with with success and opportunity, you know, there comes great responsibility and obligation. And I think knowing one's boundaries, knowing, you know, knowing the limits, and, and frankly, I think uh, having having a balance in, in, in your life is going to be important. I am probably the worst example of work-life balance that you will ever come into contact with. I, uh, I'm terrible. To this day, I'm, I'm struggling. I'm always trying to seek better ways to achieve work-life balance and failing miserably day after day. And I, I suppose it's the the price of market domination um on one hand, but I I think, you know, that's something that that I would encourage everyone to to look at is is taking a personal inventory. You know, everyone has different priorities, goals and objectives. What is right for one person isn't necessarily right for another. You know, I I you know I've learned over time to really respect that my partners may not want to work eighteen to 20 hour days and it, it may not be important to them to lead the market um, or you know to be producing at a certain level. It may be just to to provide a high level of service and integrity and and professionalism uh, to to really their their clients and 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 they are seeking that quality of life and that work life balance and able to achieve it i uh again i look at my father i don't know how he did it uh, to this day i marvel at how he was able to to be home every night for uh, or at least most nights for family dinner yet still you know be a business leader you know you know give service in the community and, and be involved in a whole series of other um you know pursuits and you know, I think that's one thing that we're all challenged with in this day and age, is is how do we achieve that balance in life? And everyone has a different definition of balance. I would say find out what that is. Um, you know, it, it reminds me of that old movie, Karate Kid. I think it's one of the top five movies of all time. Not the not the remake with Jackie Chan, which kind of sucked. It was okay. It was half-baked, but... Uh, but the original one, you know, with Daniel LaRusso and Mr. Miyagi, I mean, there's so many core principles in that movie. I often look to pop culture references in order to to help drive, I think, a lot of my points across. But, uh, um, you know, it's, it's a great example. It's one of those classic movies that focuses on balance, you know, getting balance in your life and being able to find that elusive, <laughs> um, you know, balance between ambition, you know, and achieving your goals and also, you know, making sure that you don't compromise your integrity, your standards, or your quality of life in the process.
0: Well, it's so great because, you know, I think especially for anybody who maybe has a more ambitious personality type, more can be really addictive. You know, for me especially, like when I had some early wins, it was like, man, no family sacrifice was too big for me to make another big check, right? And um, I think about, you know, Probably one of my favorite books on that subject is that Harvard professor Clayton Christensen. He's got that book How Will You Measure Your Life? And he just talks about, you know, if you don't intentionally define these things that you've just talked about, they're not going to define themselves by accident. The what what's going already is probably what's going to keep getting more of, right? Um and uh I don't know, maybe I'm putting words in your mouth, but I think your thought about have a look in the mirror is something that I could be doing more of and should have done more of in my career along the way and when I have done it, it's been one of the the most beneficial things to my life and my family. Right, right.
1: And uh, and I will be the first to admit I am the worst example. I mean I'm, you know people say you know when is it enough? What what are your goals? I mean when when is you know what is your number? I mean there's a movie a couple of years ago that came out Wall Street Two. It was the follow up uh, from the original iconic classic Wall Street with Michael Douglas and Charlie Sheen, which uh, I. Yeah, I know it's rated R, but it's required viewing for anyone who comes to work with me because there are core principles in that movie as well that really um, are applicable to this day. But in, in one pivotal pivotal scene in Wall Street 2, the kind of elder state, statesman or the Gordon Gekko equivalent of that movie, which was played by, I think, Josh Brolin, great actor, was sitting in his study, his rich study in some Manhattan brownstone and uh, the young protégé, you know, was there, and and the young man says, you know, when is it enough? You know, everyone has their number. What is your number? And uh, the uh, the elder looks at him and kind of with a smirk on his face, he says one word, more. <laughs> and unfortunately, that has often been kind of my approach. It's more. It hasn't been – I haven't been driven by numbers. You know, I've I've been very fortunate in that I'm well compensated – for producing results and i've i've been very very blessed to have a career that i truly love that is my hobby as well i mean it was uh, a happy coincidence that there are financial rewards in the commercial real estate business Um, i would tell all of those that are listening that success in my view has nothing to do with money it has to do with excellence Um, even though money is a very um, effective scorecard you know, I, I have to tell you, I have more respect for a teacher who is the best at what they do, who literally takes it personally, and you can feel, you know, how much they care um, about what they're doing and how much of an impact they're having, and that translating to really changing people's lives. I look at some of the school teachers I had in high school and junior high. It's, you know, I I am indebted th- to those people. I am so thankful to have good mentors and a diversity of people who I would define as absolute successes in their life. And it isn't always correlated with monetary success or financial success. I think success comes down to excellence and uh, and being the best at what you do and, and frankly, um, helping others achieve success in their own lives. I think that's a measure of one's success. How much how much are you helping other people achieve their goals and how much are you putting other people's interests ahead of your own?
0: Well, and it's, it's funny how much longer lasting that one is. You know, I remember being a young punk kid buying my first really expensive car and like a week later, I'm like, hold on, this is all we get. How come nobody cares (laughs) that I have this car, right? But then you think about, you know, some, some clients or some other individuals we've, we've been able to help uh, make some, some big moves that they wanted to be able to make in their life. And years later, they keep coming back with, um, you know, the, um, you know, the comments about how it affected them, uh, so much more personally gratifying. Um, and I would say even if they never said anything back, you know, it's, uh, it's funny how service is like, a success that keeps on giving, <laughs> internally, right? Um, well, listen, this has been great. We really appreciate all the time you've given us. People who want to reach out, people who might have commercial real estate needs, um, things like this. What's the best way for them to get a hold of you?
1: You can catch me on LinkedIn, uh, Google me again, Brandon Fugel, F-U-G-A-L, or go to my website, www. That's o-r-s. Um, and I, I always joke, but it's, it's sadly true. If you're in the Intermountain West or in the Utah market, just drive around for a few minutes, and you'll inevitably bump into one of my signs, and you can reach me with ease. I'm um, Unfortunate for me, very accessible, but that's a part of really providing, again, that level of service and, uh, and really hope, hopefully putting a dent in the universe. Uh, but uh, please, I encourage anyone, feel free to reach out to me. Any questions uh, at all? Um, I, Again, I kind of alluded to this earlier. I have very little work-life balance. Um, I'm totally screwed up, but I love what I do. And so, um, you know, I'm, I'm one of those guys who's answering his phone at 2 a.m. and sadly still at the office. So don't hesitate, and I wish you all the best. It is a privilege to be part of this podcast and, uh, and really an honor to be part of a vibrant, successful business community. Uh, all the best. Thanks so much. Well,
0: that's it for the episode. One other thing I wanted to tell you about. If you'll remember the guys from Convoy uh, in episodes back, Ken Free and Trent Mano, I went on one of their CEO trips to New York and I met a guy named Brent Thompson, very successful entrepreneur. He was former CEO of Jive Communications, big uh, company now, I think three or $400 million. Anyways, he uh, he started a new company called BlipBillboards.com. I'm super stoked they're a sponsor now. But I remember a year and some ago when I met him, I thought it was genius. Instead of having to buy six months or a year's worth of billboard uh, for thousands of dollars, you can buy eight seconds at a time for like 10 or 20 cents. You pick what billboard you want it on, what time of day you want it to run. And it just puts so much power in the hands of of marketers and CEOs who want to try something and see if it works. You can buy as many or as few as you want, change it as many times as you want. Uh, I think now our podcast is being advertised on billboards in like 18 different states because we have these guys as sponsors we're pretty excited about it hope you check out blipbillboards.com thanks